Hello, it's been some time since we've done a KD, right? A knowledge drop? But I think it's warranted. Some major, major stuff happened, and uh, <laughs> we'll just get right to it. The Batman yeah, movie mean, dropped, right? This yeah, has been exactly. the long-awaited, anticipated Batman movie. The Batman. In fact, I think our KD is just going to be named The Batman Review. I don't think we need any kind of like, yeah, we don't need any like lasso lessons and blah, 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 and blah. Uh, Let's just get right into it. No, 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 spoilers. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yes, up front. uh, If you have not seen The Batman yet, please do yourself a favor and not listen to the rest of this podcast because we are going to go into some deep, deep spoilers, what things we liked, things we didn't like, and I know the ending, there was a huge spoiler that we're going to be talking about um, and, and give our thoughts on. So please, if you have not seen it, just turn this off until you do go to the theater and see it. Then you can come back and listen to the But the, please, the come back drop. and listen. Oh my God, I want to say the Knowledge Nothing podcast. It's been a while since we've done a, a well, Knowledge Well, they should drop. listen to that too. <laughs> yes, of course, yeah. Which will be coming out. Uh, well, it'll... Uh, we, I don't even. When are we gonna? Re- we're gonna release it, this like right after, right? Right yeah, after so the, the podcast. The knowledge drop uh, drops on its regular scheduled schedules. time. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and I think we'll save this for our feel good Friday because I felt great after watching this movie. I just have to say that up front, Brian. Brian is the expert in Batman. Ooh, in fact, right now he's got his little tough. tag on here. He, they, oh, come on, shut up, dude. We all know that Batman's your favorite. He's my favorite in the DC as well uh, universe. And um, Brian, what'd you think? I mean, we've waited what two, three years for this thing Gosh, to come out. Yes. Did it first of all? Did it live up to the hype for you? That's tough. I don't know if my expectations changed over time, but here's the thing. I thought thing. you were going I, the Orin route with that long, dramatic pause. <laughs> I thought it was good. <laughs> That's my Orin impression. Yeah. In, in case you, you all are wondering, it's just me and Brian right now. We have not done one of these KDs in like a long time. And um, we that just dynamic felt that this duo was... is back, right? Yeah. It's fitting for this. <laughs> it really is for fitting for us. And um, yeah, but uh, yeah, what did you think of it? Was, did it live up the hype? What were you know your what? thoughts on it? I was not disappointed in this. And um, my expectations changed over time. I was, uh, you know, I, I don't even remember when this movie was announced. It's been several years now. Of course, COVID pushed it back. And, um, you know, it's just. This movie for me went through so much, so many transformations. I mean, with the excitement behind Matt Reeves, which to me did a phenomenal job. So no yeah. complaints there. Uh, he, yes. he, he delivered um, and, and, and gave some. I mean, what a great director for this project. I was really, really happy. But then originally, originally back in the day, Ben Affleck was still tied to this project, and you know that didn't was last he really? long. I don't remember he that. was because he still remember. had a contract wow. with Warner Brothers at that oh, time, yeah. and this mm-hmm. is several now. Several years have passed, and and um, you know, Affleck has has done his Snyder, you know, reshoots, and I think he's he's from what he's saying, or from what the social media is saying is um. You know, he's kind of putting Batman behind him 
at this point. Good he riddance. may he good, may have a few more projects riddance. ahead of him, but but then after that, you know, it sounds like um he he's done with that. But then we got Robert Pattinson and I was excited for the new take, but cautious at the same time. So Tony, what did yeah. you think of of young Robert Pattinson taking the uh, the putting on the cowl, strapping on the cape, and taking on the mantle of the bat? So this has been uh, I'm over it. I, I'm over the <laughs> listen. I remember when ba- I remember when Batman first came out and they announced Michael Keaton. I remember the uproar in '88, '87 about Michael Keaton being Batman. Everybody was against it. Yes, this was this. Yes, mind you, I was right. still in high school at the time. <laughs> Mr. Mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mr. Mom is now going to take on the Dark Knight. Go figure. Everybody was up in arms about that, and this was before social media and all of that hoopla. And then I remember Heath Ledger. Kind Kind of everybody when he was announced as the Joker, everybody's freaking out. This can't happen. This is this treacherous. Blah blah blah. At this point, I'm going to implicitly trust Matt Reeves. At this point, he he has knocked it out of the park with with the Planet of the Apes trilogy that he did uh, a few years back. And on top of that, he has taken one of my favorite all time horror films of all time, uh, Let the Right One In. He did his take on it called Let Me In. If you haven't seen it, it's a great movie, but I prefer the Swedish version, uh, Let the uh, the Right One In. Incredible film. Uh, but he he his stock was like already up here for me. So when he uh, Robert Pattinson was announced, I didn't have any qualms about it. I felt that it was in good hands. It was going to be done the right way, and that's exactly what happened. I feel that he brought so much nuance, so much uh, emotion to this Batman. Yeah, is is this Batman Robert Pattinson a little e- emo? Yeah, but let's let's look at his circumstances. This is actually the very first time that we get to see not this billionaire playboy. Maybe we'll get that in future films, but this guy is still dr- dealing with the tra- the traumatic situation that has uh, been bestowed upon him since he was a child. And now he decides that he's going to give his life over to this Batman character in a in a way to seek re- uh, revenge and vengeance. Uh, on the city of Gotham for what they have done to him. So yes, I get it. He, he's he's full of turmoil, and this to me was a far superior uh, origin story. I know it's not really technically an origin story, but I am. I'm going to say it, it, it's the origin story for Batman, in my opinion. It's not the origin story of um, uh, Bruce Wayne. This is to me where Batman is still trying to figure out who he wants to be, what he wants to be, and you know, everything kind of starts out of this revenge motif. And as we go into the film, we'll get into it a little bit longer. That slowly evolves. It slowly starts to change. But this this is a masterpiece. It's damn near a masterpiece. I think Dark Knight has to be my favorite all-time Batman film. But I'm going to tell everybody right now, this is second. Uh, I don't think that there is a better Batman. I don't think that uh, we have seen this this take on him. And honestly, to see him go through the journey he goes through, making mistakes along the way, uh, as anybody beginning out in this is going to do, uh, it was refreshing to see this take of Batman. And Robert Pattinson was amazing. I I thought he brought such weight to the film. And and just his presence was just, you could really just feel what this guy had been going through for years. And 
I also like that Wayne Tower was in Gotham and it's overlooking the town. So again, he's got this view where he's basically up in this ivory tower looking down on this city that has done him wrong. And he's just been stewing in this and just been dealing with this trauma and trying as much as uh, Alfred is trying to guide him along the way, he feels that he can kind of just still take all of this on. And uh, I, I just, again, it was a very nuanced, it was a very great portrayal of Bruce Wayne slash Batman. I loved it. I thought it was a great film. And um, I guess we can go into more of the details on that. So, I mean, overall, where does this rank in your Batman lexicon, Brian, when it comes to the film? Um, that's the burning question, right? We're going to get there, I promise. But I just wanted to yeah. comment on a few things that, that you said. Um, and yeah. for the most part, I agree with you 100%. This film... Um, is like an origin story without um, seeing the Waynes get killed in the morning <laughs> exactly. in, 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 as, as Bruce was young. Uh, they do reference it because what Batman story would be complete without it. But, you know, um, it was not a perfect Batman film for me uh, just because I, I just wanted to see a, a few more things. Um, one, I don't really feel like we saw Bruce Wayne much at all in in this you know in uh, in this film. Uh, Robert Pattinson spends ninety percent of the film, I think, as Batman in the in the costume, um, only talking to a few people. He doesn't talk very much at all in this uh, in this movie. Um, yeah. It's very action based. But then um, you were right when you say you feel the weight of the world on this guy's shoulders. I mean, this movie sets the tone right off their bat. And I love the intro where it's him narrating, um, that, that, yeah, you know, what, yeah, what, what Gotham is and, you know, the, the symbol behind the, the bat signal and how it sends a message to everybody out there. And he is almost an urban myth. Um, an urban legend, you know, and when that signal goes up, it's a warning for the criminal and the corrupt, you know, to watch those shadows. And you really think that there could be somebody in those shadows. And is he going to come out at this point or is he not? And that how he's just one person and he has to pick and choose, you know, where he's going to be on, on any given night. Um, and it's, it sets the tone right off the bat. Gotham is not a pretty place. Not at all. Yeah. It is not. Yeah. And it is not a place you want to live. <laughs> and, uh, and there is corruption and crime. And you don't even feel safe in the daytime. It's just, you know. Um, and if any city needed a Batman, it would be Gotham. Um, and so they, let me they set that this. tone right off the bat. So let me ask you this. Do you prefer this over Batman Begins as far as origin yes, stories are concerned? I do. You do? Um, okay. I am yeah. – I'm very aware – and this is just me. Um, I'm very aware of Batman's origin story. I've seen it done several times. Um, I'm mm. over it. Um, yeah, right. And uh, um, I get it. Yeah, I really do. Uh, I kind of like this take because he is a very young, raw Batman, but um, – He's got he, he he doesn't balance Bruce Wayne and Batman yet. 
Um, he has not found that balance yet. Yeah, he is because, all yeah, exactly. work. He is all work. He's all business. Yep. Even when he's talking to his allies. But that just shows allies, you how he's that, – that just shows you, know, you how consumed he is with the getting right. the vengeance. I mean, he his is, first ma- the first words out of his mouth other than, the, the, than what he's putting down in his diary is that I am vengeance. I, this he is the personification yeah. of vengeance and you notice, all of this is just stewing in him nobody calls him batman in this whole film um you only see it on the riddler's uh letters to him you know everybody calls him vengeance or everybody calls him justice or or but nobody actually addresses him as the batman yeah so I um I and also the, the one of the things I really enjoyed about this and and by the way this it's 3 hours so I mean you could go ad nauseum with everything uh but I wanted the, the one thing I really enjoyed about this that say departed from what Nolan did Nolan basically made Ross Ghoul this bad villain that wants to destroy all of this evil that's in the world, all of these cities, and he wanted to start with Gotham first. That always seemed a little just off kilter for me and just really didn't make that much sense. This I love because it grounded, it, it all happened in Gotham. And I was talking to Brian about this yesterday. The fact that Falcone is the baddie in this, he is the main baddie. Yes, the Riddler's in there and the Riddler is the main baddie, but overall, this... This whole city has gotten corrupt because of one individual, and that individual is Falcone. That, to me, feel, felt more real. It felt more like why he wanted to get into the job that he did. Um, and I loved how they played with ambu- ambiguity in this. They really never say who killed um, his parents. There's always these implications as, I don't know, but I think, or I don't know, it may have been. There's never really a true answer to that, and I love that because that's how most of life goes. You, you're never going to know the true story behind something, but when you get to a level of corruption on this scale, it has to be done in a way that is believable. And the fact that this was brought up through the um, uh, the renewal um uh, what was it? The renewal project that they yeah, were going the to be doing. Program. Yes, and they saw this as a way to capitalize and fund their criminal activities for the entire time. That to me was more believable, and it had more of an impact to me because it grounded everything into Gotham City, whereas opposed as opposed to the other films where all these guest stars kind of come in, if you will, into the the Batman universe. This. This corruption is so rooted and so deep inside of Gotham that it's been 20 years since the renewal. And you see now how this this power and all this money has corrupted every single individual uh, that is uh, involved in any kind of justice or peace with uh, with Gotham. So to me, that was awesome. I was not expecting that, and I thought that that was a treat um, because, again— Grounding everything in Gotham City, uh, it really makes you now understand why Batman wants to rid Gotham of all of this this stuff. Uh, yes, it, his parents got killed here, but you see the fundamental corruption at the core of this city, and that's what I enjoyed about this. And the fact that they kept kind of talking about it, and and Falcone was the the baddie. I it was it was. It, it was what Batman's needs in order for him to kind of build upon 
whatever comes next in the next film and all of that good stuff. Well, I mean, what were your thoughts about that, Brian? Yeah, you know, I loved it. I loved that. It was all, it felt like in-house, right? I think that's what you're trying to say. You know, like yeah, exactly. it, it, he didn't need outside help. He didn't need help from another city. You know, there wasn't another city more important. Um, this was all in-house and, you know, um, the city needs Batman for this. Um, I liked the question he posed to himself in the opening monologue is that he's not even sure himself that he's making a difference. And he's been at this for two years and crime has been up murder has been up and I've been doing this for two years. Am I even making a difference? What am I doing? You know? And I, I like that, that, that insecurity question, you know, it doesn't mean he's going to stop, but he's not seeing the efforts that are the results for the efforts that he's putting forth into this. And, uh, and I really like that kind of that, that self-questioning, you know, about it. You know, to me, I'm always reading cof- uh, comics where Batman's the most com- uh, confident person on the page. And, uh, you know, and you would be a fool to go against him or question him. But he's questioning himself. And I really, really liked that. And I think that kind of shows his um, him being young to the role and, and what – what does the city truly need? Does is it what he originally set out to be, you know, or does the city need something else? And I think he kind of learns that through this through this movie. But you know, let's dial back for a minute because I had some preconceived thoughts on the film before I saw it that have changed since seeing it. You know? Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, I hated his costume. I'll flat out say it. You know, nothing. <laughs> Nothing is worse than bat nipples, but I was not a fan of the big <laughs> pop-up collar and the leather yeah. cowl that he's wearing. And, uh, you know, to me, he just – he looked like a little kid playing bas- uh, Batman at Halloween for dress-up. I mean, I just well, – If you kind of think about it, he really is. Right. I mean, but... if you really think about where he's at in this whole journey, he really is an infant in, yeah. in all and, of this. You know, like his costume was not stealth or sleek. You know, it was, it was something. Right, it was something that he looked like he made himself by himself without any uh, uh, way engineering. You know, and well, and honestly, if you look at the Batmobile, that was the project he has been working on himself for years. You could tell, yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, for years that he's working on this. So you really get to see him kind of just. Like making this on yeah, his he own, is hands and just on doing this on his, his own. Gear. Yes, but exactly. As I was watching this movie, I started loving his suit. You know, I am I'm a complete 180 on his suit. Now I love it. It's one of my favorite nice. suits. You know, um, and I did not I did not expect that to happen. I was like, you know, through the course of it, you know, like of course, whenever he's on screen, I'm just studying his his suit and, um. The little nuances because you know I'm I'm a geek like that, but I I love it. I thought it was great. I thought it was functional. Um, I thought it looked badass. I thought it moved well when he was fighting. You know, it didn't look like he was fighting the suit in this, and it looked functional, yeah. which is what I appreciated. 
you know, as much as I love Michael Keaton as Batman, his suit is not functional. And, no, uh, you know, no. he is if there not, was, uh, He's like the stiffest right. looking Batman. I know. I like, feel so bad for the guy. You know, but his he's got to move his shoulders and everything <laughs> right. to kind of just like just to just to say, just to nod or, or to agree yeah. with somebody. It's it, just it's weird. it is not functional. It's not practical. And Robert Pattinson probably has the most practical suit that I've seen yet and and i liked that i really liked that um um as and and another thing as much as i like zoe kravitz um i just wasn't convinced through the trailers that i was going to appreciate her Catwoman, and i was dead wrong i mean she knocked it out of the park she was so good in this role i couldn't imagine anybody doing it better and you know kudos to her and her creative team and and her costume was just simple it was so simple just like a black you know i know it's not leather but like a black you know one's one's uh onesie onesie suit with a yeah. look like a like a um like a beanie that was just cut out for the eyes that just went over her face yep. um but her acting um as catwoman her fighting i mean my goodness she kicks ass. I mean, what a great, great casting job they did for her. And, uh, and, and, um, I'm again, a 180 on, on her role. She is Catwoman, and she did a phenomenal yeah. job and it was so good. Um, I still prefer Halle Berry, but we'll, you know, wow. <laughs> and that if we still joke. have any listeners after joke. that, <laughs> <laughs> that was a complete joke. Yeah. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz was, uh, was phenomenal. She was film, so right? good on that. In that and role. the chemistry between them was, 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 you know, spot on too. You know what I mean? It was I don't just, see it's rare. Batman as a romantic type guy, right? <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, exactly. So for what little emotion he did show, you know, like it was believable. Like, like he, he wanted to allow himself a moment it, to and not, it came, it, to not be miserable. Yeah, I'm not going to say yeah. happy, but just not to be miserable. And he well, almost gave that kind to of himself. Reek, I mean, <laughs> doesn't this kind of remind you of Mask of Phantasm? Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, of course I have. Yes, <laughs> and you, you know, of course, as a Batman yeah. fan, that love thing where he basically, you know, it's just I, I, I like seeing the side of him because again, it made him more three dimensional. It made him like, uh, and at this stage of the game you have to make hard choices right and both of them had very hard choices to make and they're doing the right thing for themselves at this t- particular time in their lives yeah that doesn't mean that the doors are uh, closed down the road but yes we've all been in in positions in our life where we have to make those 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 calls in our life just to be better at what we're doing and to focus on that you know what i mean yeah so and then the um the one thing that I was not surprised on was, and you've touched upon this a little bit already, was um, Matt Reeves. Matt, as soon as um, the announcement came that Matt Reeves was attached to this project, I was really excited. And then I think that that kept my blood pressure down a little bit after hearing all of the casting um, that this uh, project was uh, was doing, because I have faith in Matt Reeves and. Um, you know, and he knocked it out of the park, you know, like, 
like you, like we heard, you know, uh, Michael Keaton was was Batman, Mr. Mom, you know, Heath Ledger was yeah. cast as the Joker. And these guys did mm-hmm. not disappoint, you know. So no. knowing that tr- that kind of track record and knowing that, you know, like I have faith in in this director through past projects of his, I'm like, OK, you know, you know, I know that 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 there's a plan and and he has a vision and i cannot wait to see what that vision looks like and i saw that yesterday and i uh, <laughs> and i was very very happy about that but then you know let's talk about the riddler i mean yeah. what I mean, uh, we're 23 minutes yeah. into this <laughs> i mean because and now we're getting to you it. and i both you know like i see gotham as a character right yeah. and and this let's face it this is um is a new direction in a new batman franchise so there's mm-hmm. even though this is not an origin story there's a lot of character building you know introducing you know gotham definitely had a heavy feel for me it's yep. it's even in the daytime it looked black and white you know and gray yeah. you know it looked depressing mm-hmm. and you know it's going through um you know um a, a, an election for a new mayor and i mean this is the, you know, if you guys need a comic book reference for for this movie, Long Halloween, you know, which takes yep. place on Halloween, you know. I would even say Hush, and then I would also say uh, well, Batman Year One. Yeah, right? Batman Year One, Long Halloween, and then Batman uh, Ego. Um, oh, so, okay. And that, that kind of deals with the um, with how Batman's mind is working and, and stuff, too. So, um, How refreshing was it to see him kind of being a detective? I really oh, enjoyed seeing that aspect, right? I, I mean, we never, we'd never get to see him just being on the floor with Gordon. And let's talk. I mean, we're we're going to talk about the Riddler, but just that that relationship where they both don't they know they can't trust anybody but themselves, and seeing this 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 relationship just blossom, and just seeing him being able to go into these crime scenes with Gordon, everybody, every cop in there going, what the hell are you doing bringing this freak in here? Right. Why are you doing this? And he's looking, and he's scoping, and he's being the detective. I loved that. I want to see more of I that. I liked that, um, you know, Alfred is trying to help him out, you know, with uh, fill- yes, fi- with the filling ciphers. out. Yeah, yeah with, uh, with uh, you know, decoding a puzzle that was left to him by the Riddler. And he's all mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out all the letters that weren't used. And Batman just flat out says, what if we have the whole thing? You know, take away everything yeah. else. What does that yep. look like? And then boom. I mean, like, what a brilliant mind, <laughs> you know, because you're always thinking, oh, yes. okay, well, they're holding something back, but why? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and the Riddler, Paul Dano as the Riddler, uh, is my second favorite villain, I think, out of uh, out of all of the villains that we have seen. I have never seen a Riddler that is this dark, this demented. It had it kind of reminded me of Seven in certain aspects, where this man has just got these crazy journals, these crazy things inside of his apartment. It really reeked of John Doe in Seven, and I just I thought it was uh, I thought he did a phenomenal job he, catching that manic. That manicness of, of somebody that is obviously mentally ill but can see patterns and can see things. And he is like living across the street from this uh from from the, the bar that the penguin is is man, there's another villain we haven't even talked about. Uh the penguin. And seeing all of this decay and seeing all of these people go in and out of this club and 
he's putting all of these things together and realizing that, you know, the corruption is just rampant throughout this town. And it's all stemming from his little sad apartment overlooking the bar that everything is happening in. So you could just imagine that he's dealing with this and he just is, uh, again, trying to figure it out and, and wants to make a game out of it because that's the only way people are engaged nowadays is if it's some type of game and he's, he has the wherewithal to see that Uh, he was just fantastic. Paul Dano. I I think this guy really should be up for some kind of like uh, best supporting actor because he really did just bring this, this Riddler character to life the manic the the smart the uh dark humor i mean the thumb drive that was just wow i've never seen anything like that in the film in a batman film and it was played for this dark serious laugh but riddler was just phenomenal in this film I, again my second favorite villain uh out of the entire uh i guess lexicon of batman film i mean what were your thoughts on on paul dano's performance as the riddler it was outstanding. I mean, this is not your Jim Carrey's Riddler. Let's just put it that way, you know. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. You know, I'd have to say my number one bat baddie is, of course, the Joker. You know, the the Crown Prince of Crime. Um, but yeah. uh, um, right there with him, though, at a very close second, is the Riddler. It, to me, the Riddler was always scary. You know, um, yeah. In the comics. Riddler figures out who Batman is just not, yeah. it's not even a hard question for him. I mean like, Oh, that, which, that's which, how which good, is going to, I want to ask yeah. you at the end of this. I want to ask you, you we, we All kind right. of talked about the two questions I'm going to ask you. And uh, I, I really want your opinion on that. But the, the Riddler, the, the I mean, he lives for the unknown, right? I mean, he wants to figure it out. He likes these little riddles. He likes to be engaging, uh, he likes stumping people, and he likes to. He almost makes it a contest on who's worthy enough, you know, who's up there mentally with him to play with. And if you're not yeah. matching and his he intellect, that Batman's on that level. Oh yes, yep. and if you're not at that intellect, then you're not worthy of him, and you're expendable. And uh, the Riddler, to me, is a very, very scary villain, and I love him uh, in these comics because I. I like riddles. I try to figure it out before I get to the end. And, uh, you know, um, I, I'll admit, I may have sat at a table with a pen and paper trying to figure things out and look for patterns and clues before <laughs> I turn the next page of that comic book. You know, yeah. <laughs> just trying to see, do I match the Riddler's intellect? And most often, yeah. no. You know, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, but it's fun to play. And um, so I like the fact that we saw a serious version and a scary version of the Riddler. Um, it was, it was yeah. great, but another famous Batman icon is James Gordon. Uh, who's not commissioner yet in this, uh, in this movie, but you know, played by Jeffrey Wright. What'd you think of him? Uh, again, I, I, I talked about it earlier. I think that this, this relationship, he's, he's my favorite, uh, He's my f- favorite Gordon. I, I really do, do love. Um, oh my God, what's his name? Oh, why am I drawing? Him Gary from? Oldman. You know who I'm talking about? Greg Oldman. Yeah, Gary, yeah, Gary Oldman. Yeah. Yes, Gary Oldman. He he was an amazing, an amazing Commissioner Gordon. But Jeffrey Wright just brings this whole other like level where they are connecting. They, they don't quite trust each other, but they know that they're the only ones they can trust. Right. So it's they're kind of playing this game back and forth. 
to me, he just brings so much. Um, God, I just love seeing how this partnership is kind of at this this point where they're trying to feel one one another out, and it's it's kind of a dance at this point. Right, it's a give and, and take. Jeffrey Wright, yeah, Jeffrey Wright was just great, and that scene in the jail oh, where he's talking to him and scene. kind of telling him that was an amazing <laughs> scene where he's telling him he needs to talk to him by himself, and then he basically says, "You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna punch me." And this is what you're going to do. And this is how we're going to get out of it. And sure enough, that's how it happens. And that's where I think that moment where they both know they have each other's back. Right. Uh, it's now solidified. So to me, it was, again, I just, I, I loved Jeffrey Wright's take on Commissioner Gordon. It is actually, or actually, I think he's a captain at this point. He's lieutenant. 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 Yeah, Lieutenant Gordon. Uh, amazing. Uh, again, my favorite uh, out of all of the, the, the Gordons. Mine as well. You know, um, my favorite out of all the Gordons so far. Plus, I just I love his voice. I I just love it. Yeah. It's calm <laughs> yes. and collected. Even when he's mad, it's yes. calm and collected. Yeah. I mean, there's a serious weight to it. And yeah. it's it's you know instantly he's somebody you don't want to mess with. And yep. you know, he is an authority figure and and mm-hmm. uh and you see this this struggle between give and take with the Batman and uh, Lieutenant Gordon. I mean, and they're building this relationship together. And it's, um, you know, this film kind of shows that. And, you know, it's almost like they're not friends, but they have a mutual respect. You know, Batman has obviously yep. done his research on Gordon and knows that. Mm-hmm. Out of the corruption of the, you know, Gotham City PD, he tells him he's a good cop. Yeah, yeah. There, there are there are more bad cops than good in Gotham City at this point. But Lieutenant Gordon is one of the good ones. He's he's, um, you know, his record's clean or the cleanest. And uh, you know, and at this point, you know, like he's the one that Batman's going to kind of hitch his wagon to and and confide in and trust as much as you know he can. Um, but uh, and, and uh, Gordon's the same way. He knows that Batman's a vigilante and he's breaking the law doing these things. But he's got resources that that he needs, and I think he recognizes that this is somebody who is doing more good for the city than harm. So he kind of allows it. And uh, you know, the uh, the rest of the uh, GCPD. They just don't know what to make of them. Some of them are kind of a fan. Some of them want to arrest him. And, you know, but nobody's really comfortable when Batman's on scene. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, and uh, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the Penguin and how Colin Farrell just oh absolutely encapsulated this this character. And he's my favorite take of the Penguin. Uh, this, to me, is more of the Oz, the Oswald Cobblepot that I know from the comics. Right. Um which to me is more interesting. Uh, I love how the club names are actually these Arctic kind of uh, names. You know, they got the 40 below, which is that's where the really dirty shit goes down. Right. And then they have, uh, I think it was the Arctic Club or something like that. But Yeah, the Arctic uh, Lounge. He, he was the Arctic Lounge. Just or the iceberg great. Lounge. The guy, you, he's not even recognizable. You can't even, you don't even recognize that that is Colin Farrell in that makeup. And at certain points, did he not look like Robert De Niro to you? Like, especially when Robert De Niro played uh, 
Al Capone and the Untouchables. There were a couple scenes in there where I look at his face and I'm like, oh my God, that looks like Robert De Niro, but it is actually Colin Farrell. I don't know what it Great is. Great job. With, uh, with, the, with the cast members who get cast as a Batman villain, but they go through these amazing transformations. I mean, he really Ledger, um, his transformation to become the Joker, and then Joaquin Phoenix, I mean, like morphed his body. You know, um, you know, the discipline that you need to have you know, to encapsulate this type of role. And even, you know, um, Christian Bale, you know, you know, losing 30 pounds, gaining all this weight, you know, like uh, just putting on the muscle, you know, just like I can only imagine what their routine is to get in this, this kind of shape for this role. I mean, like hats goes, there should be, you know, a, a category for, you know, like the Academy Awards for, you know, like these method actors who, who, right. who just really embrace Get these lost roles. in a role. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, cause you're training your body, like to me, like an athlete. Right. And, uh, you know, you are morphing it into this, into this character, you know, for this role. And it's really, really outstanding. Um, as far as Colin yeah. Farrell goes, I mean, I didn't even recognize him. His acting was great. Um, to me, I, you know, in, in past movies that I've seen him in, he's always like a really good looking guy. And, uh, yeah. you know, and in this role, he's anything but. I mean, the penguin is kind of like a, well, in this in this movie, he's not yet, but the penguin is, he's a gangster. He's a mob boss. He's from the, the underworld of Gotham. And, you know, he always seems wet to me. It's always raining in Gotham, but you know, like he never really looks dry to me, even inside a building. You know, like I don't know if it's sweat or what, but uh, he always seems wet to me. You know, um, but uh, you know, he did a great job with this with this movie. The whole cast did was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, like no so complaints. I, yeah, the the one thing I do want to mention is uh, towards the end of the film when we have the big action sequence, there was. I've been hearing rumblings already that people weren't really um, uh, they really didn't care for the bombs that went off um, and basically flooding uh, Gotham. But to me, that to me was a beautiful sequence. In my opinion, the reason why it reminded me and I'm going to go off, Brian, here goes Tony overthinking things. To me, it's just the imagery was of a baptism. And oh. the only way you could ever, yeah, the only way you could ever go forward with this is you really need to kind of just baptize yourself and baptize this city in order for it to change. And I know that's going to lead into the sequel, which we'll talk about in a second. Or is that? But to me, Noah's flood. Yeah, Noah's oh. flood. Yeah, Noah's flood. Yeah, or exactly, it could be the flood. But it, there is some kind of redemption there. There is you basically have to flood this in order for things to be reborn. Okay, it's 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 in our mythologies. It's it's everything that we've kind of talked about. It's in um, there's stories about flooding and, and baptism and baptism. And to me, Batman ultimately gets baptized in in my eyes because when he is on top of that that thing. Uh, the the centerpiece the of jumbotron. the <laughs> the jumbotron, and basically he decides he's going to cut that cord after he's been confronted by one of uh, the goons there that says that he is vengeance. He immediately realizes, "Fuck, I'm going the wrong route with this whole Batman thing." So to me, it, the symbolization of him, uh, or the, it just symbolized him 
cleansing himself because he saves everybody, dumps in the water, comes out, and what's the first thing he does? He has a flare and he leads everybody out. And then at that point, he realizes vengeance is not the way this needs to be done. It's by giving people hope. So to me, that whole sequence is just a beautiful way of cleansing Gotham from the inside out. So I... What, Brian, you're blowing my mind. You're blowing my yeah, mind. Let me just tell you right okay. now. I um, yeah. I didn't catch that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. But I was is like, that, oh, is that over? Is that over? no? Whatever, everything you said, I totally see it now. But I'm just thinking at the time, like, what a cool scene. You know, like, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but the symbolism but to me, behind it, was symbolic it you're it, so yeah. right. I mean, yeah. You asked me at the beginning of the show where I rated it, and at the beginning of the show. I was going to put it at my second favorite right behind the dark night. Yeah. But you know what? After hearing what? that, it has jumped yeah. up a peg. This is my favorite. Oh, Batman. was it really? Yes. Oh this... my God. Just because of my well, little, my little, well, it was a close second anyway. It? it was a very okay. close yes. second, right? It, it wasn't a big yeah. jump, but it was, a... <laughs> but, but let me tell you, I mean, like you are right. I, I, I'm wondering yeah. how many times I need to see this film to catch more things I know like I know I, I'm already ready to see it a, a, a second and a third time so but um wow the cleansing and the baptism you are right it, the 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 city wakes up the next morning with a new leader a, yep. a new mayor who was shot on her election night you know spoiler alert yes. you know? <laughs> and uh, yeah. um it was just a, a beautifully you know shot film you know and now you know Thinking about your analogy, Tony, I mean, that's deep, yeah. man. That's really deep. I know. I, like, I know it's deep, dude. I know it's, it's really deep. good. And I thought you were going to laugh at uh-huh. me for, for bringing something like that up, but no. I'm glad that you kind of see I'm it. I'm laughing on at that, myself because level. I did not catch it. Me, I'm totally fanboying <laughs> at this at this point. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, he's exactly. fighting and he's doing all this cool stuff and he's being Batman and, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and you are just like, oh, but from what they're not telling you. <laughs> It's you know, yes. it's biblical. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, it totally is. It was totally biblical. And uh, so again, to me, that's Matt Reeves at his best. He is taking these 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 things that people really don't even think about, and he brings them and boils them down to where they're action pieces, they're action sets. And but if you just care to take a little bit of a deep dive on there you're going to see so much more in his films and that to me was the ending and i thought that that was the perfect ending for the batman and um uh brian what were your thoughts i know that you're excited about what's to come Uh, you want to tell people what you where you think this is going to go um i know there's a couple of comics that you hold near and dear that you think are going to be influenced uh in the next film so why don't you talk about that so it just so happens that you know um Above my computer where I do my podcasting, I have a Batman shelf. And Tony, I know you know of this shelf because you helped me put it up. But, you know, um, I also have a bookshelf where I keep all of my my graphic novels with. And I have a full row of Batman. But there's a few books that are not on the book – I'm sorry, in the bookcase. They're on the bookshelf um, as display books because I love them so much. And – you know, first one is by Frank Miller, Batman Year One. Wow. And okay. I love that. You know, which um you know, I feel like uh this movie takes a lot of influence from, you know, it, yep. it's not his first year in the movie, but uh no, it's he's year still two, he's but... still learning. And then 
uh this other one um you know i have it's from darwin cook it's uh batman ego you know which yeah. is uh okay another phenomenal book my favorite batman story of all time um and this is where i'm hoping uh the the next movie leads us is batman no man's land and it's uh written by greg rucka and it's actually a novel and it's where gotham city gets oh, wow. um destroyed by a massive earthquake but all of the seawalls break and the seawater rushes in too and uh and it's a total oh, kind of like what happens at the that's end that's exactly it so it's a total land grab now too so um to save people, the GCPD releases the criminals, releases people from Goth, uh, from Arkham. You know, um, people are trying to escape the city before the government has it condemned as an unlivable place. But and and Batman sending everybody out like his Robins, the Nightwings, the Batgirls, and everything. And then they realize after everybody has left the city, vacated the city, Batman stayed on with a, just a handful of you know, Gotham City police, you know, Gordon also, because there are people who just don't have the means to leave the city. You know, like if you were in the hospital or if you just weren't, you know, you know, what if you're homeless and, and didn't have the means yeah. to leave? Um, so Batman stays to protect the city. But now you've got this island of Gotham and the criminals are almost dividing up territories now to... To, they to kind grab. of played with that a little bit in the, the Dark Knight Rises, right. too, right? It's exactly it, too. So I, I thought that's, yeah. that's where they were going to go. But um, Batman yeah. sta stays to protect the people who couldn't leave. That's awesome. But then, so, uh, you know, I, I think, Brian, we've already gone 45 minutes into this I'll thing. I'll make this part And really I want quick. to – okay. And then my second favorite is, of course, the Batman Hush story. Nice. Um, and that's uh, written by Jeff Loeb and penned by uh, by Jim Lee. Phenomenal, phenomenal story. They they already introduced a, a character, a main character from the Hush series uh, in this. You know, uh, via news clip. I'm not going to spoil it for you if you want to read the comic, because it is a mystery. Yeah. And uh, Hush and No Man's Land. I hope we see that played out in the next yeah. Batman film. Yeah. So um, I, I kind of a while back, I, in closing, Brian, I've got two questions for you. I posed these questions to you yesterday and I want to pose them to you again. Uh, I'm so glad that you gave us some books that we can actually start reading so that we can be caught up for when the sequel comes out. And uh, I, I still don't know. I don't know if Matt Reeves has been. Uh, I don't know either. I do just know that one. this would be um, a, a for my opinion, I've heard nothing about this, the next film, but for my opinion, this would be a, a natural place for the story yeah. to go. Let's we'll see if it happens. Okay, so I'm going to pose those two questions. Uh, I did now. Now, now that we've gotten everything like out, saying how much we loved it, there was a miss. Uh, there, I thought there was a little bit of a misstep at the the end, and that involved the Joker. Um, I really felt like it was not needed. I felt it was kind of gratuitous, but you know that is a little bit that is a little bit uh, of a of a complaint if I'm going to have one. Uh, I felt like it, we've been there, done that. But I do have these questions to pose to you, Brian. The first question is the little boy that we kept seeing over and over and over. Everybody was has been saying that it is more of. Bruce Wayne looking at himself at that child's age and kind of living through that child's age. 
But if you notice, he's the first one that he saves when they uh, come out of the water. My question to you is, do you think anywhere down the road that could possibly be Robin? I mean, it seems I know it's a stretch, but what what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't think we're going to see that particular character as as Robin, but I do think that if they are going to bring introduce a Robin into this series or into this um, franchise, uh, we've already seen him, you know, and that is uh, in the towards the beginning, there was um, a a gang of uh, you know they almost look like Jokers, you know, they painted their face, you know. Um, and there was one character with his face half painted, almost like an initiation, yeah. like he needed to mug or really hurt Almost somebody. like a two-face. Yeah. kind of almost looked like two-face. <clears throat> so um, there is a, a, a Robin um, in the comics that um, gets introduced. His name is uh, – I believe it's Duke Johnson. I have to check the last name on that, but it's Duke. But, um, but um, he, to me – he would fit more of that character just because, you know, Batman kind of saves him from, from making a horrible decision. And I think that kind of, uh, you know, shows him the light or the right path to take. Okay. And, um, I need to pause right second. I forgot my second question. What's the second question? All right. Let me ask you, and this might be your second question. (laughs) It's about the Riddler. All right. Okay, what about him? Do you believe that he figured out who uh, who Batman is? That's right. That's right. Okay, so yes, that was the second question <laughs> right. I was going to ask. Man, you're clutch, man. You're clutch, Brian. <laughs> you're clutch. Yes, uh, so there's been this... Again, we talked about ambiguity a little bit. There is a scene between uh, Bruce Wayne, uh, actually Batman, and the Riddler. Uh, and at the point, you kind of think that he knows he's Batman, but again, it's left. It's very left, uh, like ambiguous. You you really don't know. Um, I posed the question to Brian whether he thought that uh, he knew that Bruce Wayne was Batman. Um, but now he's posing that question to me. I think yes, he does. I think that yes, he does think that he he knows who Batman is. Uh, Riddler's already figured that out in, in the comics, and on top of that. If he really wanted to kill him, if you see these killings that he does with all of these other people, and they are all so thought out, so meticulous, so well planned, uh, and the fact that he just sends a bomb that really just maims and really doesn't kill, uh, to me, that means that he, he does realize that it's Batman, and he just doesn't care uh, about that because the game is bigger. And he's, he found somebody that was his team member that was going to see things his way and kind of help him propel this whole plan into into uh, fruition. So to me, I honestly feel that he knows that that's Batman, and he just doesn't – he's not going to say it because why why say it? He's having too much fun doing what he's doing right now, and he's getting the attention he needs, and this and he looks at, at Batman as this partner at first – and then maybe now he sees him as something else. Uh, but why why go that route? I think that he does know who Batman is, and I'm going to pose that same question to you, Brian. So in closing, my friend, we've gone 50 minutes on to this. What do you think? Do you think that he knows that that is Batman? I mean, uh, that Bruce Wayne is Batman. No. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> All right. You channeled your inner yeah, orange for yes. that. <laughs> um, just for um, – I know in the comic books he does know right off the bat. It's you know it's it's not even a hard riddle for him. Yeah. But in this movie, yep. 
at first I thought maybe he might, but then I, I think about the letter that he sent Bruce Wayne and with the bomb attached. And if he truly was using Batman as a partner, as the muscle to kind of carry out his plan, why would he try to kill him? And, you know, he sent it to Bruce Wayne. Because I think he wanted to, I think he sent it as a me, a way of, um, just a kind of way of like, uh, he didn't want to kill him. He just he wants to play with him. But it's, it's but, why a cat plays with a little ball. But you know, you know, they he, got you got the little ball. So <laughs> for me, I think that you know, um, he, I think he tried to kill Bruce Wayne to make a a, a statement because he is a, a a big family in Gotham, and he's jealous. Of, and his dad was yeah, and he's jealous of, uh, of you know Bruce Wayne being an orphan, but not really an orphan because he didn't struggle like everybody else did. Yeah. Um, but then saw Batman as as an ally, as a tool to help carry out uh, some of his plans. So to me, there's a there's a definition there, and I don't think he'd yeah. want to kill Batman before his final plan was pl- was laid out. Um, so I was kind of playing back and forth. I was thinking about it last night, and I I landed on I don't think that he knew okay. um, at this point. I think that he was in this plan and he had already meticulated it, but somewhere along the line, this is my theory, he figured out who Bruce Wayne truly is, and that's why he scaled that back a little bit. I just have even the, and, and and he wanted to play he wanted Batman to play into him, and I think that he was pretty much the quarterback calling every shot along the way. And I think that Bruce Wayne slash Batman was a pawn in all of that. Yeah. All right. So, you know, uh out of ten, where do you rank this, you know? Uh, I uh, rank this uh, as a nine. As a nine. This is a nine, uh, like a nine point five. It's it's damn near. Dark Knight is a ten. Always will be a ten in my eyes. It, every time I watch it, I'm captivated. It, I love the moral questions it brings up. But to me, this is just as close as it as it, it as it can get to um, uh, uh, perfection. So a nine point five for me, Brian. What do you rate it at this point? I'm going to give it a nine with a, the Dark Knight being an eight point five. You know, it is okay. just right, right there. You know, um, there yeah. are some minor things that kind of um, bothered me a little bit about this movie, but nothing to make me not want to see it three or four times. <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, but yeah, um, it, it was great. It was really good. I think this is exactly how you want to start off a franchise and. I cannot wait to see what this team does going forward. Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to it. And Brian, uh, you know, it's been a while, and I'm so glad we got back together and we're kind of doing these KDs. I think we're going to go into some little bit more uh, personal topics as we kind of do this. Mondays are our days where we're going to start recording a little bit more about uh, Brian and I and having conversations about life Love and all of the things in between. So uh, look forward to that. And we'll. Uh, this has been the Knowledge Drop. And uh, Brian, would you like to say anything before we get going, my friend? Oh, my gosh. If you've got nothing to do and have the means, go see the Batman. It's been a lot of fun. Tony, yes. this has been a lot of fun. I cannot wait yes, to has. go forward with you on this. And uh, looking forward to Mondays, having our little Monday yeah, moments. <laughs> Yeah, Monday moments. All right, cool. And uh, this has been the Knowledge Drop. Thank you, as always, for joining us. And as always, we'll see you next time, my friends. Take care.